0: hello and welcome to this week at the movies i'm matt and i'm eric and this week we are taking a trip to the greek isles from my big fat greek wedding three the first one came out in 2002, the second one in 2016 we will look at uh, how we feel about those movies at some point point. and this third one I don't know about you, Eric, but it felt like something of a surprise release. I don't think it had the greatest marketing campaign. So
1: much surprise around this cryptic, bizarre movie that I cannot wait to talk about.
0: Yeah, this one. Like, where,
1: where did this come from? What? What? <laughs> Anyways. This
0: one, uh, jumping forward a little bit of time, um, you know, her father, Gus, is passed away. That is because the actor, Michael Constantine, has now, passed now normally,
1: away. I'm so sorry, Matt. Normally, you just go ahead with the synopsis of the movie, right? But, and I'm just going to just break formula for just a second. Go ahead and ask you, how much time forward in the future?
0: Well, at the start of the second one, her daughter was just starting high school. So I'm saying it's supposed to be five years Cause she's finished her first she's year. She's finished of college. her first
1: year of college. Was she just hard starting high school? Was it a homecoming dance which she was going to, or was it? Yeah. Okay, so it well, wasn't Well, I thought prom. she was
0: just finishing or just starting high school, but you're right. A lot of that was about what college she I was going to go to. Thought,
1: yeah, I I think it, by her plot line, it's two years gap, and it's about a seven year gap by the window of 2016 to like let's say 2021 yeah. or two. Yeah, that's about six years, five, six years. Um, well, you don't know,
0: like, did she write this a long time ago? COVID kind of hurled a lot of well, things off. I honestly didn't know this was in production either. I don't think anyone did. And they didn't do a whole lot of a marketing campaign. I know the strike has kind of screwed a lot of things up. This one also written and directed by Nia Bardalos. Um, So... You know she had I very, want to
1: talk to so badly. Very strong, creative. If you watch fans. this, and you ever see that name come up as someone to interview, I will come out of interview retirement, and I will make it one of the greatest well, I mean, interviews. You probably ever.
0: have to wait for the strike to be over because I don't think any of them can do interviews yeah, now. So That's in why they can't years.
1: even. <laughs> anyway,
0: uh, this one with uh, with her father passed on. She takes on the the mission. Her mom also suffering memory issues you're right they it has to be more it feels like it has to be more than two years because they're also talking about her father in terms like he's been passed on for a little bit of time not like immediately but a little bit of time but she takes a portion of the family her brother who suddenly went completely gray and also spends a lot of time manscaping uh She takes her daughter, who is uh, struggling a little bit with the college experience. Aunt Bula comes along because he really needed her. Uh, And, of course, she drags her husband along with her. And they go to Greece, uh, trying to return her father's journal to his three really important best friends that he hasn't talked to in 80
1: years. Before, like, the whole idea is he moved out of Greece to build a life and never got the chance to go back. Yeah. And that is the first time that i this inexplicable messy movie started making me cry and i didn't understand why like i was broken so
0: well i'll let you dive in what uh seems like you have some feelings about this
1: i i have so much i honestly i want to know your opinion uh, uh first because i i feel like any other people's opinions are helping give me structure to my thoughts i'll give you then the nutshell. I have a running theory behind this movie. uh, And then I have a running theory about what it did to me. So we just watched Blue Beetle and Gran Turismo. One of those was just a standard built by the studio system superhero movie that happened to have some heart to it because it's about humanity and family in some level. Gran Turismo is a Hollywood formula video game property put, pasted over a true story that had some weight to it because of the humanity behind it this was a movie that did not give I'm um, pardon my language a shit about film language but the humanity like bled off of off of what was happening and and I think what happened is they started making a movie and they started enjoying their time so much together making the movie that they edited this movie instead of like a Hollywood movie, like a documentary where there are some inexplicable, like they have to have not cared about time. There's there's one scene where a lady is feeding chickens and you cut away to them shopping for two hours and come back and the lady is still feeding the same chickens. And then later, Tula Tula and her husband are sitting on a balcony talking about, how her uh, her cousin and, and Joey Fatone are going to go find the three men and they take two barges to two different islands and we cut back and her and her husband the same day are sitting on the same landing and she gets a call from her cousin. And like, it felt to me more like in a documentary how you have stretches of interviews and time set where they've interviewed people for... Multiple different topics of conversation, and they unfold the information they want to unfold, cutting back and forth between these moments in that kind of way. And that's the only sense that I could possibly start to make of it. And I don't even sure that it's appropriate to make sense of it. So, what do you think? You know,
0: I'm I gave this one one strong thumb up. I actually enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um. It, they've always had this their own sense of humor and there were running bits the joke I made a joke about her brother you know constantly manscaping but those actually make me laugh a lot every time it came up there's one in particular where John Corbett is sitting with me for Dallas on the couch and she's not looking at him and she's like is he doing it and John Corbett's nodding his head, and she says, where? And he just points to the downstairs. And so she kind of shields her eyes when she turns to talk to him. It just, you know, those little things cracked me up. Uh, The back and forth, the fun of family uh, is still there. But I feel like because there is such a spread. So the first movie came out in, in 2002, um, she was probably supposed to have been a woman close to 30 based on the way they talked about her, but, you know, 20s to 30s. So she was older than the stage I was in, which was coming out of college. But it was it was very much about, you know, finding that right person for you and and figuring out your life, figuring out your career, figuring out. And that was something that probably resonated with me in the age bracket I was in. And I remember how popular it was with a lot of people my age it was a movie that really strongly resonated with that group and this one you know now you're 21 years later and the things you're dealing with is the loss of a parent and and getting older and you know going from being the child to being like a key figure in your family wrestling with that responsibility of being head of the family or mm-hmm. all this family responsibility, uh, you know, a parent who is aging, who is losing a piece of themselves. And that, and those things hit me very hard emotionally. And I think it's very reflective probably of where it's the happening. demographic It's is, happening to you right now. People the that I... Big fans of the first movie have aged along with her and, you know the second one arguably you know is about having a family of your own and investing in your kids and not wanting to turn out with your parents and that probably wasn't something I could resonate with as much mm-hmm. which is why that one didn't didn't hit as strongly but the first and the third I, they hit very strongly and I'm kind of on the fence about whether this was my favorite of the
1: three yeah um, I, for one I'm just gonna I just have to admit for myself this is a hard two thumbs up for me and it makes absolutely no sense. If if you heard someone say that they get have a two thumbs up movie, when you when you go in and you're 15 minutes into the movie and you realize you're watching like a full 10 minute screen time stretch of people just traveling from an airport to a destination and at one point they jump in the water and then the next scene they're all dry and picking out new clothes. And it just makes it just it seems very bizarre. Random sounds that are picked up on looping, like just clipped in, just like characters talking. Nick, the character, just like sleeps the entire way into the village, and it's a they never call attention to that joke, but it's there, and it made me laugh. Like, I I'm I'm just gonna tell you, like, it, I, to me, there was a tipping point, and I, you know what? It's it, it starts all. It, Tipping point is a uh, funeral saying goodbye to family. And I think you're, they are touching on something and it's that there's something universal about the first movie and finding your individual identity versus your cultural identity. And then there's something about this movie about having overcome grief and loss and trauma and things that, it, that things that are natural losses in life. But like, Oh my gosh. Post 2020 and 2021 people have been through so much and I feel like they're dealing with that. It's, it's this, the funeral scene and I don't want to go into too much detail about what it is, but I'll tell you that the fact that it was at night so that everything was only lit in blue and white broke me. And I, I, I. what it means for them to do that. And the actors being able to play the campiest comedy, but then seem to be straining and like really feeling either, either they're phenomenal actors who are just playing campy and humorous sometimes, or there's a bite of reality to the family, like around that unit that makes this movie because the way they talk about their mother and in some ways losing her before they've lost her feels so real. And that the moment where Nick, the character to talks about who should be the head of the family and why. And, and it's just, it's just pieces. The movie is just pieces of footage that were put together, which is what all movies are. But the meaning is like strung out of them by a lot of later scenes that really made it earn a lot of emotional weight. And I think about like the poster, like you get a poster that's like these two covers for the third movie. Yeah. Like this right here, that is, that looks at face value, like one of the most polished, uh, like Photoshop sanitized images. And, and it's, even- I mean, it's so
0: beautiful, the colors and everything. And, and, I just think part of it for me, you can tell this is a group of people that genuinely seem to like each other and have fun together.
1: And it's literally a part of the writ- right, written story that those characters pull their necks up and take care of their image and pictures. And they continued on to this movie. And so in some ways, the poster looking in some ways flawed reflects the sort of nature of, like, like, is that really a flaw? Or is that just what you think you've been taught flawed means by seeing so many other movies and seeing what, like, you know, I don't know. It just, this did not follow any of the rules. And I appreciate it so much more for that, that I feel like if it tried to be more... Ah... Like, if they had to push a scene at the end where their mother was introduced to her son, you know what I mean? Uh, I I, I wouldn't want to see some, like, Hollywood music-swelling written version of that. To me, it was enough and really meaningful to see him sleeping next to the family at the end. And that had so much weight to it because of what it means in their acceptance of him. And so, like... I don't know. Like it just it, I I can't wait to watch this again. And I don't know if it's going to be tweaked at all in editing, but I hope not. I hope that what we get on whatever physical media release is exactly with all of the little weird ADR lines. I'm pretty sure Joey Fatone talks at one point and it's not his voice, just overdubbed on top of him. Like I hope all of those issues are perfectly preserved because it feels like such a like a family video. Like I, I I just absolutely adored it. And I adore her for writing and directing and all the work that she's put into this whole franchise.
0: And that's to me, that's a little bit of the shame of them not really having much of a marketing campaign. I hope, you know, people come out and go see this. They're probably banking on, you know, the first one was certainly a box office sensation when it, when it happened, I don't remember the second one having quite as much oomph at the box office, but there was a whole lot of people that were like, oh, they made another one. Yeah, oh, it's already out. And, yeah. you know, after you see it, uh, you know, I thought the trailer, I, I had seen the trailer a couple times. I thought it looked good. I was excited to see it. And I was kind of excited by what we got. Mm-hmm. So. Let's pivot uh, before we get out of here and talk about the origins of the franchise, you know, which kicked off in in 2002. I remember my big fat Greek wedding wasn't a huge, uh, probably box office draw when it originally opened in theaters, but it was one of those movies that built by incredible audience numbers and word of mouth back when those things were allowed to happen and your movie didn't get ganked out of the theater if it didn't pull up uh, a bunch of people uh, in the first, if it didn't pull a bunch of people in the first two weeks, you know, like Blue Beetle, which opened way back on August 18th, is already out of theaters because it just wasn't pulling audience. We used to have space for these kind of movies. I think the last one that I remember kind of growing organically like that was actually the Jumanji sequel, which Mm -hmm. nobody had, which, you know, didn't have Robin Williams and kind of went the the other way. But I remember Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. A lot of people were like, ah, it's not going to be great. And it came out about the same time as Star Wars and all these things. And all of a sudden it was the movie that could. Well, way back in 2002, that was my big fat greek wedding you know i would give that one a solid thumbs up i thought that was pretty entertaining um i don't know if i needed a sequel but we got kind of a sequel that had a weird had some weird storylines for her and then had some weird storylines for her parents that sort of worked but didn't totally work and, of course, you needed to have a wedding. I thought they managed to more organically work a wedding into the third one than they did uh, kind of shoehorning the parents' wedding into the second one. The second one, I kind of give a mild thumbs up. I I didn't love it. And that's why I was a little nervous going into this third one. But how did, did you, you
1: expect it to just? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like the first one I thought was good. It was it was the originality, it was the craziness of the family, it was their kind of meshing and, and getting together and getting the families together. You missed that a little bit in the second one. I think being able to go to Greece and mesh with a whole new group of people and finding a new branch of family kind of brought that energy back. So for me, you know, the bookends are a lot stronger than than the middle leg for me. But how did you yeah. feel about the first couple of films?
1: So um the first one, it kind of like uh, uh, again, there seems to be a lot of personal meaning, and this one, I believe, is also written by Nia Vardalos. I think they're all written by her, but I think this was the first time. The first one she directed. She directed, and you know. it's so interesting. I think that might be the reason the third one does sort of end up becoming my favorite, is because it's like her voice in on two different layers. And that's I think I think in that first movie, she's writing to the personal experience of like really what it means to be herself. And I think in the second movie, she's trying to write about being a mother. And then there needs to be this wedding element to it. And so it's it's not quite as personal. And I just either way, along the whole lines. I would love to know all of the making of and behind scenes stories of like the entire thing, because how did this come together? Okay. Under one person's passion project. Then how did she gain the entire cast back for this second one and then retain so many of them for a third one through the pandemic to commit to this story I I don't understand. I 100% agree. The first one, I I give like like a thumb, like another thumb and a half up. Uh, The reason why I tip the third one up to a full two thumbs up is just because uh, there's something. It's got like juices flowing in me where like sometimes I need a reminder when we keep seeing. We've seen so many movies this summer. And I, I guarantee you like 90% of them have the same structure at their core of how to tell a story. A lot of them would have some of the same beats of what a hero and a protagonist does. And this, th- this, this was just kind of free of that. And it reminds me of like the line between being able to be objective and subjective about a film. But so yeah, the second one feels a little more, you know, just not quite as personal and not quite as in touch with everything. I still think it's super sweet. I still think there are all three of them are amazing. Um, but where it's, it's like the first one is a perfect blend of comedic timing and direction and her writing. The second one, she, she didn't quite have as much personal stake in the writing quite as much as the first one. And that direction is still there. So the comedic stuff kind of works, but it's very middling. And in this third one, it's like, ultra personal stakes and direction is is completely bizarrely just off and 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 not in an inherently bad way because it worked if this could so easily i can see some people looking at this one and just looking at all the reasons this doesn't make sense that someone said this or did this or oh the characters all just say no to something so that they can say yes to it later to give the illusion of a plot and like, I can I can feel criticisms that would come from other people watching the movie. It's just that by the end of the movie, I feel like so much worked that it doesn't matter. So,
0: Yeah, and I did just go back and check. Joel Zwick uh, directs the first one, Kirk Jones the second one. Um, so there probably is something to it. I also think the third one, um, not to say Tula isn't the main character and a big focus, But I do feel like it's probably one of the movies in the franchise that focuses the most on other characters. You know, Mm -hmm. her daughter has a fully fleshed out kind of storyline. There are some fun bits with John Corbett, especially with him and the the priest down there. Uh, Some fun sequences by... Um, her cousins, and there's a lot of time actually given to Nick, who was very much, to me, a background player in the first two yeah! films. And Lewis Mandalore does a wonderful job. You know, Andrea Martin has been consistently good as Aunt Vula, and she kind of has her, oh, yeah. her part. But <clears throat> I feel like this was more of a celebration of the ensemble, uh, which which might have been a little bit why I think it works a little better yep. um, than the second one. It was a good time. I hope people go out and see it. Um, you can catch the other two are on streaming right now. I can't remember which is which, but one of them is on Max and one of them is on Peacock, because of course, why would they both be in the same place? <laughs> um, but that is how, how I watch them if you want to get kind of a refresher uh, before going in there. But Uh, You know, this was a nice little early September surprise. Hopefully we keep getting some uh, September surprises. I hope we we get a surprise next week. (laughs) I hope we get a surprise next week, too. Our friend Ricky did not care for it, but we will be getting the third big screen installment of Kenneth Branagh's passion project of him as Hercule Poirot. Um, Speaking of a film franchise that sort of has been decimated a little bit by external events, uh, you know, Murder on the Orient Express, I thought was a solid remake, you know, when it came out, but Death on the Nile got the COVID treatment (laughs) got bounced around a whole bunch of times. And in the meantime, one of the key important actors in it sort of screwed them, which made that whole thing kind of tough. And now a haunting in Venice, I feel like very much like arguably has the strongest cast. And very much like my big fat Greek wedding three it's kind of sneaking up on you probably because they can't do any kind of promotion with the, the sag strike and the wga strike so i'll be curious to see how it comes a lot of big names you know, i like kelly Riley, michelle yo who is our reigning best actress winner uh, Tina Fey, you know, who I've seen do really fun things on only murders in the building in kind of that murder mystery comedy little role. And in those trailers has a great back and forth with Branagh. Uh, and you have Jamie Dornan in there. So I'm kind of excited to see that. Uh, we will see how that goes. Um but uh, that'll be next week's movie. At least September is giving us some things uh, to look forward to. We're not getting as many things in the fall, but we are getting some interesting things. I've seen some trailers for what's coming out. Uh, the end of this month, we're going to get The Creator, which is a, a movie that I'm very fascinated by that uh, uh, comes from the director of Rogue One. Uh, sci-fi kind of futuristic epic with uh, John David Washington uh, have some excitement for that we get dumb money here uh, in in a couple of weeks so there are some there are some interesting projects coming out in September uh, you just got to keep keep an eye out for them yep but any other uh, thoughts on uh, the wedding franchise before we sign off
1: I'll have many over over the years but you know,
0: Not now. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for us this week. Be sure to catch up with my Big Fat Creek wedding and see the third one in theaters. Please make a point. It was fun. Eric and I both loved it. An incredible date night. Until next week, we will see you at the movies.